You're now listening to Fintech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. I want to take a couple of seconds here to talk about this episode's sponsor, Rails. Rails is on a mission to build the largest financial data network as an underlying foundation to all financial technology companies and financial institutions of the future. I'm a bit of a data geek and know that data is the thing that underlies every modern financial technology solution. It's not the easiest to get a hold of, especially on businesses. This is where Rails comes in with its single API that enables businesses to connect major financial and accounting service providers like QuickBooks, Sage, FreshBooks, and more. With Rails, you get the business data you need to build the next Altlender, Neobank, forecasting software, or even modern insurance brokerage. And Rails does the difficult process of normalizing so that you're working with smart data. Rails has a special offer for startups. When you sign up for Rails pay-as-you-go plan, you qualify for six months free access to all connections, all live integrations, and all environments. You can follow the link in the description or let their team know that you came through FinTech Confidential. Be sure to subscribe to Fintech Confidential on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player by going to podcast.fintechconfidential.com and sign up for Fintech Confidential information at access.fintechconfidential.com. So thank you for joining the show today. I'm super excited to learn about how Rails is changing the future of finance. Thank you for jumping on, man. Thank you so much for having me. Starting with the first questions, I have to ask this question is like, how did you get into fintech and why did you stay? I wasn't actively looking to get into fintech. I think fintech just chose me. It all started with my job at PartnerSec, which was the last company. And their largest account was interested in helping them build personal APIs. And that's where I discovered that companies who are in that ecosystem needed access to financial data. And because accounting is a single source of truth, all this is data, but it's a messy data. To make sense of it was very hard. That was a problem and companies couldn't really use it. So that's what got me to looking at the problem. And I'm a big fan of finding problems which affect hundreds and millions of people. And this is something that's affecting businesses all over the world. And that's why I got into building Rails. Awesome. So before we dive into Rails, because I'm excited to learn about how you're, I'm going to use this phrase, whether it's right or wrong, but how it's democratizing the data in which all of these individual companies are using. What is it that gets you excited enough to wake up in the morning? Or as Eric Thomas says, my passion wakes me up. I don't need an alarm clock. What is that thing? What is that passion that that takes the place of your alarm clock? I think founders and mentors and builders never truly go to sleep. They're always thinking when, when they're sleeping, but it's it's not just Derek or myself. The work we're doing is going to have hundreds and millions of people and every single person in our team, we're now 45 plus, it's actually a node in our network to get our message out to the world. And I'm constantly thinking, how can I empower everybody in the team to do their job better, to push the boundary further, to take the message and the mission that we're on out to the world and tell everybody, actually scream to everybody that, hey, what we're building is awesome. Oh, that is great. So you touched on the culture of Rails. Help us understand, like, what is the culture there and how do you keep that alive at the 
pace at which Rails is growing? Yeah. We're a very product-focused company. Uh, product is the nucleus, the center, the universe of everything we do. So we're a very collaborative culture. We think and obsess on how can we make things better for our customers. So we're very collaborative, very supportive, and I would say very curious across the board. And we have created or at least given the freedom to team members to to push things, do things, and bring ideas to the table, uh, which we can bring to life. It's a very enabling culture. So when we talk about you starting Rails and you seeing this problem, was there like an aha moment when you're like, I see this problem, nobody else is solving it the way that I know that I can solve it. What was that driver? What was that like that pivot point or that linchpin that came loose that, that said, I got to do this? So I, I talked to multiple people inside Intuit. And when it got to know that Intuit doesn't even use own accounting data to underwrite loans, that was like, what? And then I met my founder and he was actually using accounting data to underwrite loans uh, as part of his last company. And he was making decisions on businesses under 10 minutes. So that just sparked like, well, hold on. People who, who are sitting on this data set are not doing it and you are doing it. So there the, the got to be something which is a thousand times better. And he's also the top five mathematical minds here in camp. So he gave the confidence. I always tell people that I would not have built Rails if it wasn't Derek on, on my side. So. The way you describe the culture, I can see how that dynamic between you two is really just permeated everything that you guys got going on. Because I believe you mentioned that it's a fully distributed team. So with everybody being distributed, how are you helping keep everybody cohesive and together? I don't want you to spill the secret sauce, but at the same time, what's your secret sauce? It's a, it's a damn difficult problem. It's not an easy one. And, and, and I think the core to that is how you distribute and how do you achieve a better division of labor responsibilities across the board and, and give power to everybody in their own domains so, so they can do work independently. So, so, so that's, I think the core, the art of how we do division of labor is important and in giving autonomy is even more important, but nothing's perfect. We're not perfect. We struggle, we learn and we make it. So you hit on the next thing that I wanted to understand because everybody that I talk to is, is always comes to me with the question of if you were to talk to a founder of a company, how let's find out what it is that the reasons why so this is going to sound funny but what are the reasons why they would never do it again now i take that in a slightly different approach and i say what are three big failures that make you question why you did it and then we'll follow it up with, with some more positive stuff so starting a company is insanely immensely hard it, it requires a hundred and thousand percent of effort and time which means balancing personal life is hard you can either give full time to, to your company or to your family do it it's primarily because I, I missed some of the moments with my family with my kid my kid is now two years old i try to spend as much time as i can but Sometimes she, she goes to bed in the morning and comes back and she's sleeping. So these are things which make me, am I doing this? The bigger picture, the bigger reward. When I see businesses and yes, making my life easy is, is something that keeps me going. So if you had to pick out like three major successes that Rails has had in the last year to year and a half, what would you call those out to be? I think the number one is the team that we're putting together. Putting together a band is, is hard. <laughs> If you can jam together and treat that tune that everybody 
I can't listen to it. But I think we're in the right track of doing it. It's still a hard problem, but nonetheless, we love to solve. The other one is we built a company in pandemic, which means that I didn't meet any of my team members at all. In fact, I met my Vancouver team for the first time yesterday, and we met a Vancouver team three weeks ago for the first time. And Derek and I met for like a couple of months prior to when we started the company. So that human emotion, human interaction wasn't there, but I think we did a good job in terms of keeping that going and alive and putting the team together. And lastly, for such a short and young company, we've created quite the steering market. And, and, and it's primarily customers who are using our product and singing the songs and telling everybody, hey, this amazing product. I'm blown away by all the progress you guys have made in this short period of time. One of the things that, that I want to have you explain a little bit better, you guys call Rails a financial data network. What does that mean and why is it so important? We're building a single universal source of truth for small businesses. The matter of the idea is that small business data is housed in multiple silos and repositories, whether it's payroll, e-commerce, tax, accounting, banking, HR payroll. The problem with all that data is not having access to it. Access is easy. The problem is how do you bring it all together in a harmonized way to make sense of it? How do you fill in the blank and become the universal source the library that everybody goes to. We're literally building the library of Congress when it comes to us. <laughs> As we continue to grow, the idea is that anything that you want to grab on a small business, you go to Rails. You don't go to any of those above-mentioned silos or repositories that I mentioned. So the mission is not only to pull it, but also to make sense and normalize the data across the board. So what it sounds like to me is that Rails is, is the reason why Europe really started their whole open banking. It's, it's like to give folks like Rails the ability to build things on top, to help everybody get it. And so I guess what I want to know is how has that influenced the way that you approach this financial? So I think companies like Plaid and Yodley paved the way. Uh, put some sense into the owners of the data that this can actually make your customer's life easy. And, and everybody is now starting to understand in the consumer space because that's a much bigger space. The tab is, but if you look on the business side of things, the business's data is in multiple repositories. So rather than thinking about open banking, we should really be thinking about open finance or even open data protocols across all different silos that can access data. And Really the idea and the way we are thinking is the owners of the data should be part of the transaction and that ownership resides with the small businesses. Today, the banks use this data to create better products. Companies like Rails are making sense of that data. Of course, there's transactional value to it, but then the small business, their only upside is that they, of course, get a better product. But how do we democratize this data across the board is, is, is our mission. So, so that's how we think about it in, in the bigger, broader sense. Giving access sounds fantastic. And being able to, I, I think, normalize, it would be good, right, to say normalize the data so that it's not just random tidbits is, is one of the things that Rails does as well. And I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Yes, correct. And I think normalization is the key to what we do. So there's two parts to it. One is the standardized side and one is the normalized side. The standardized side 
is within each system. For example, accounting systems, the standardization is around a universal chart. It might be different for a payroll system or e-commerce system because those are different data sets. Normalization is cohesiveness of pulling all this data together and filling the blank. If there is, let's say, accumulated depreciation, we want to understand if it's an asset, if it's a current or non-current asset, if it's tied back to the balance sheet, we want to understand the whole major headcount. What is the expense of that? We want the revenue of expenses or sitting and how do they tie into the bigger picture? That's understanding and indexing on granular level of transactional data to understand a complete picture of business is what's normalization to us. Can you give me a few examples of like how the network itself, I know you've hit on a really, really high level, but I want to get laser focused on this one, but a few examples of how the network can help businesses move faster, make better decisions and reduce the overall risk across their business. And so we had a plan and other SaaS companies built on top. They're able to do today with us from the lens of a small business, a expedite decisions on different products, whether it's applying for a loan and getting a decision in a matter of minutes and hours versus waiting for days to put in your financials and then get it the same on it. It's also on the cash management side. How do you understand where you're spending and expenses? Then it's around really understanding your business in a holistic view, where your cash flow is, where your forecasting is, where your bills are. So really giving you a 360 picture back in a dashboard. So you can really start to understand it because entrepreneurs typically depend on accountants and big bookkeepers for that. But this is not giving the driver's seat back to the small business to understand it better. And then the small things like ACH payment. When you make a check to your guardian or somebody, it might be digital on your side, but it literally is printed and mailed in a check. And businesses that are seeing hundreds and thousands of checks, they don't know how to reconcile them really fast. So Rails gives you the power to do that right way. And we're helping digital log boxes to turn seven, eight, 12 days down into minutes and seconds of that. So it's really touching multiple aspects of small business or commercial operational side. You've mentioned a lot about small business, but I know that you guys do some bigger enterprise level stuff too. So help us understand, like, how are the enterprises, they've got lots of sophisticated systems, like Intuit, they've got staff of tens of people that comb through this data every day. How are they leveraging Rails in order to be more effective? At the end of the day, the enterprises are building on top of us. Services for small businesses. That's how we see it. We don't directly service a small business, but we sit there enabling and empowering. When it comes to companies like Intuit or some of the other big ones that we're working with, it's really around understanding their own data set. It's not our official partner. We work and plug into the same public APIs that everybody else does. <laughs> Put some magic on this data to, to, to make it more understandable across the board. There are accounting providers who are trying to unify their legacy systems into cloud and migrate that data over and normalize it without messing it up. So they're using it. Then we're working with core systems to pull data out of core systems, normalize that, and then sync it with the accounting systems and the reconciliation side as well. So we are we're working on the big problems as well as helping them create applications for small businesses. So with opening up 
all this data, how do you keep it secure and make sure it's used for good and not evil? Yeah, that security is, is always on our mind. We want to make sure that there's no Cambridge Analytica. Or how did you know who I was referencing? Don't be evil, right? So we follow all the banking security protocols across the board in terms of making sure that transmission storage is secure and, and abide by the laws that we have in place today, as well as the protocols that we have in place today. I think what needs to be done is everybody needs to come together and, and create a security protocol with which we, we all need to work. Um, and that hasn't been done. A lot of people are trying to bring that to fruition, but it's, there are a lot of players, especially in North America, that still believe, it surprises me, but still believe that having a proprietary format of data makes things more secure, which is interesting. My personal opinion is it makes things more confusing and complicated for the rest of us who are trying to do things with the data. So I want to understand what are some other things that we want to make sure that the listeners understand about Rails that maybe I haven't brought up? What are some things that maybe I've left out? I think the issue that we're on is to other small businesses. And that doesn't stop in the fintech world. We are perceived and we're always indexed within the realm of financial technology. Yes, we work with accounting data, we work with financial, but the users are beyond the fintech world. It's product companies are trying to understand the businesses uh, who are trying to work with them in terms of their product. It's marketing research companies are trying to understand small businesses. It's just simple research companies who are trying to understand businesses on a cohort and doing research. So the application and the entities and industries that we are going to touch is beyond fintech. And that's the power of the data. That's the power of rails that we're building, but we're perceived only in the realm of fintech, but other product companies and research companies can definitely use our data. So you're definitely, although we look at it as, as rails being a fintech, you're in consumer, you're in customer, most likely isn't really fintech. They're more of a digital goods or a advertising or heck, even a physical good type provider. How, how are they going to be, let me rephrase this differently. How can they best use Rails in order to make those decisions? And I know it's, it's tying into all these different things, but like, how are they going to know, or how do you suggest that they use the data that, that they're able to get access to through Rails? If, if you're, let's say, Coca-Cola, you want to know if your vendors are buying more product from Pepsi. If you are, if you are Xerox selling printers to you want to know if they're buying ink from you or other third parties and how you fold that under the umbrella so you also have access to because your machine and someone else is making repeatable uh, paper is another consumable that goes into printers and, and copiers and you see some zero papers some other papers how do you make sure that you're part of that so really interested in the, the operational side of the business is, is super powerful for, for product companies. If you are a Thomson writer or any other big research company, you want to understand of small business in a specific zip code based on how COVID affected them across the board, why are more bankruptcies happening, why are more registries, more businesses. So all those type of answers can be understood with the data across the board that we're building. So these are some of the examples of the data can be used. Really what we're trying to do is the data that's available in public markets. We're making sure that people can have access to in the private markets. And private markets are much bigger than the public markets. 
No, that's fantastic. I'm sitting here thinking of like a whole bunch of different ideas of, of like different ways to leverage this data, whether it be, I was looking at it from the marketing perspective that you mentioned earlier, and it's, I can't just continue to go, you could use it here and you could use it like this and this data, if, if we connected it. And so my brain just starts to look at Rails as being that, that hub or that connector between two different places in a way that, that they can use the data that makes sense to them. Is that about the best way to look at it? Yeah, absolutely. You're not the only one. I think when you give tools and power to builders and developers, you'd be surprised what they build on top. So you're absolutely thinking in the right direction, how you can leverage in the realm that you play in. And that's when we're a very developer-focused product. We, we, we cater to people who are building it. We cater to people who are right at the front line because we believe that when you give access to information, knowledge is power. And, and when they have the power in their hands, they will build things that, that can surprise everybody. What is the best resource for people, developers, or even business-focused folks? What is the best place or best resource for them to go deeper into how Rails can help them understand or get access to their financial data? Rails.ai is definitely the best source to go and start access to, but even our API doc. We've written the API docs from the business user simple mindset as well as from the developer mindset. So docs.rails.ai is another place to go and start to dive a little bit deep into what we're doing. So Eve, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. As you mentioned before, being a founder, you're always on the go. Thank you for taking the time out to, to share your insights personally, professionally, as well and from a fintech perspective. We really appreciate that. And before we go, is there anything else that you want to say to the audience? I think at the end of the day, it's the problem that makes the user are using it that matters. And we're obsessed with our user base and, and the problem at hand and looking forward to solving it for millions and millions of businesses out there. So um, if you get to know about Rails and you have a friend who's a developer in the fintech, please tell them that we exist. That is awesome. I'm excited, really. And I had a chance to dive into some of the APIs. And this conversation really helped me to put it into a different perspective. Everybody take a quick look at, at their, their documentation. And, and I'll put the links in the show notes and all the other fun stuff. Again, so thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to seeing Rails grow here over the next many, many years. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I want to take a couple of seconds here to talk about this episode's sponsor, Rails. Rails is on a mission to build the largest financial data network as an underlying foundation to all financial technology companies and financial institutions of the future. I'm a bit of a data geek and know that data is the thing that underlies every modern financial technology solution. It's not the easiest to get a hold of, especially on businesses. This is where Rails comes in with its single API that enables businesses to connect major financial and accounting service providers like QuickBooks, Sage, FreshBooks, and more. With Rails, you get the business data you need to build the next Alt Lender, Neobank, 
forecasting software, or even modern insurance brokerage. And Rails does the difficult process of normalizing so that you're working with smart data. Rails has a special offer for startups. When you sign up for Rails pay-as-you-go plan, you qualify for six months free access to all connections, all live integrations, and all environments. You can follow the link in the description or let their team know that you came through FinTech Confidential. Be sure to subscribe to FinTech Confidential on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player by going to podcast.fintechconfidential. Our show notes in each episode are available at www.fintechconfidential.com. And you can get FinTech Confidential information by signing up at access.fintechconfidential.com. If you want to be a guest on Fintech Confidential, submit your application at guest.fintechconfidential.com. Fintech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid.